Hello, I'm TJ Barczyk. And I'm Casey Brazil. And this is Work Friends. Work Friends is a podcast about business, entrepreneurship, and work. And I want to do a, a classic question. What drives you? Money. Just only oh, money. Uh, that doesn't surprise me about you. You <laughs> seem you seem like the, uh, <laughs> cap, the the biggest capitalist I know for sure. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so I, I kind of actually want to start broad here and then get a little more specific. Not just work. What what are you, what drives you? What 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 are your motivations? What gets you up in the morning? Yeah, broad questions are hard. I think that a lot of what we do has to do with pride. The Internal s- or external? I guess both. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're hard to separate, right? I think that you want them to have be internal, and there certainly are internal levers there. But it's absolutely there's an external thing too. There's a reason I go to the coffee shop to write because I know that if I'm there, I'll feel like these people are judging me if I'm watching a, a YouTube sense video of or obligation. whatever. Yeah, I guess. Well, it's not obligation, but it's like the flip side of pride is like shame and embarrassment, right? right? They're kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's just absolutely. like the carrot and the stick. Yeah. Um, but if I, you, I don't know, like weren't working at all, you would feel slightly embarrassed when you went to family functions yeah. or if you sure. went to go hang out with friends or something like that. Totally. If there's that horrible feeling of like, oh, what did I do today? <laughs> yeah, when you have that just same like feeling after you eat like McDonald's. Exactly. Right? It's the same kind of like shame in yourself. Exactly. Sometimes when I'm trying to get motivated to like work out, I'll be like. Future Casey. What would future Casey think? Yeah, just stare at yourself in the mirror and be like, God, this fat mess is <laughs> terrible. Totally. Why didn't I do this earlier? And I, I, I really do think about like myself in the very near future being happier <laughs> is often a way that I motivate <laughs> Little myself. Little rose-colored glasses. like. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like a small technique off the broad sure. question of, yeah, I think pride. Uh, what do you think motivates you? I, it's weird because uh, it's funny that you brought up the shame embarrassment thing. I'm sure I do get embarrassed, but I think a lot of our friends would say I, I don't have much shame. Like I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. You're pretty, very self-possessed, confident. Yeah, confident. You're happy to I don't disagree. have much fear about that sort of stuff, that sort of thing. My, my lack of shame flips in that I think most of my motivations are, are external. I don't, I don't have a lot of like pride in that same way. I have ego and confidence, but it's not pride. Connect these dots for me, because when you're like, my motivations are external, but I'm I don't feel shame. I feel like shame is external, like or the feeling of it is internal. But someone looks at you and they're like, that TJ guy's a lazy bum. (laughs) Then you feel ashamed. Yes, they're obviously connected. But the way you talked about uh, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, oh, I feel I didn't accomplish anything or I feel like I'm fat because I didn't work out or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Uh, those don't work on me as much. Hmm. I walk out I- down the streets of Chicago and see all the pretty people and go, oh, God, I'm <laughs> right. So it's external, not internal. Like, I don't have a lot of those self, I don't know, flagellation, like like the the hmm. the, the doubts that way. Uh, a lot of mine are like, I don't want to let my family down. I want to hmm. uh, in my friend group, I want to be considered successful. Right. Mm. Um, I want to. Th- it's all the external drivers. So when I some go, of it is status. Some of it is when obligation. I go to frisbee practice. I don't want to be the dude last place doing wind sprints. Right. Like, it's, it's, those are the motivators, not because I want to win the game. It's it's mm. it's, it's 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 a different. It's the internal versus external. I think a lot of mine are external. How am I perceived? Kind How of am things? I perceived? Which is weird because you know the new the new school of thought is right. Only worry about yourself. Who cares what other people think? 
uh, and I, I rally against that. It's funny. Uh, so you not only think that way, but think that's how people ought to think? Or are you like, uh, it's weird and shallow that I feel this way, but I'm admitting to it? Uh, a little bit of both. I think you should care what people think. We talked about the, the dating thing, right? <laughs> like care, care what people's opinion are of you. And that matters because I, you know, to your point a little bit earlier, that they are connected. What other people think of you affects mm. what you think of yourself. And if you say, I don't care what other people think, I'm just going to do me. I think that's a, that's a snowball that could, could rally out of control pretty quickly. Yeah, that's, a, that's tough as a heuristic. Like, I think like, sometimes it's important for you to care what other people think. Sometimes it's important for you to be able to divorce yourself completely from what others think. Absolutely. Like, right now, you're, I know you're doing a bunch of interviews for jobs. Odds are, at a given interview, you're not going to get the job. And there can be a pitfall where you're stuck like, why didn't they like me enough? <laughs> sure. You know, and that's really a negative loop. But at the same time, like being considerate is good. That doesn't seem to right. enter into what you're talking about. But being considerate yeah. is good. But being, also being considered considerate more than almost being <laughs> it. Well, that's that's my point, right? But it's it is also good to to be a considerate person in of the world, TJ. But we we value that as a personality trait because of the external pieces, I think. You're like, I think be it, considerate so that people will think of you considerate so that you can gain things. Right. How, how many considerate things do you do that no one knows about? Mm, some. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, we all do, right? Like, but it's, it's interesting in, in a world that's that way. Let's, let's bring it back to the motivation yes, thing. Yes, motivations. For my age group and from my hometown, I'm considered successful. So I get the mm -hmm. question of like selling out to the man. Why are you working 14 hours? Why are you doing all that sort of thing? Which is the flip, the kind of questions yeah. that come with that. You should be growing weed like me. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, like, starting a band. You, right. My, why do you need to make more money? Like, haven't you, like, shouldn't you just take a job and work for the next 20 years? All this sort of stuff. My, my answer is, well, part of it's like growth is my motivator, right? I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to develop. I want to become better even if i don't know what better is like working towards that but the thing for me about what drives me and what gets me out of bed in the morning is in a holistic sense it is considered externally to be better than the alternative so a little bit back to yeah. your point so it, it doesn't for me it almost doesn't matter if it's true working out is better than not working out yeah eating better is better than not but right. to you the reason to do that is not that you, at the it's end of the society day, feel believes good. it's better. It's because you're like more people will think well of me, yeah. TJ. And well, no, 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 maybe a little bit, <laughs> but it's it's because we've generally agreed that some things are better than others. Uh huh. Therefore, if you're going to choose between A and B, waking up early, staying yeah. late, and one is and staying late is considered in general better than not. Do it. Because it, you have like a sense that like doing. there's a knowledge of the collective and you should just follow those things unless you are pretty sure that they're wrong. There's probably some value in it that maybe you can see it, maybe you can't. Or is it because society agreed on this and I want to be <laughs> the most popular one? Because that doesn't seem to no, line up no, with your, uh, no, you not know, def Ric Flair, <laughs> I go against people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. I think it's trying to think of a good example but like you know uh staying late or you know trying to be successful and trying to build a company as as taking risk as compared to just like staying within the status quo is because 
there's a um, sense of accomplishment and sense of an accomplishment seems as a society to be rewarded. Does that make yeah. sense? Right. I let's take sports. Sports is a good analogy for any business, as we've talked about before. Sure. Right. I've you know won games or won matches in different sports. I very rarely feel internal pride when I've won like regional championships as a wrestler in high school or won you know regional championship, national championships on frisbee and things like that. Like uh-huh. it, I, I don't feel a lot of internal pride. It's the the stuff that comes with it. It's whether the, the team, adulation, the team, the team kind of mm. celebration together, and the team happiness that brings me together. There's not like a lot of internal pride when I when I do those sort of things. So is it that a group success or being part of a, a success can be in a way more fulfilling because yeah. you're not alone? The same it's way not in, just in, in your individual head. sports when you do well, right? You're admired by family or friends or you know, teammates or whatever yeah. it may and be. And even if you're wrestling by yourself, you still are part of a group that's trying to accomplish something. So you have your coach, your yeah, teammates, absolutely. your peers, the your other family, people yeah. who are a part of this thing yeah, and you can kind of you get to where rise you up are. together. And absolutely. And it makes it makes their work and dedication worth it, right? That's that's and work is the same way, right? If you, you know, have the let's say staying late, this is the easiest example. That for me, doesn't get me a ton of pride when we get an extra sale or things like that. Mm-hmm. But the pride that comes with the company growing and my family thinking I'm doing well and all that sort of stuff, that's the rewarding part for me. That's what really, drives me. You really like to be like a worker bee. Like, I want to be part of a successful team and not just TJ presents yeah. the TJ show. And I think a lot of people in interviews, right, give that like I'm a team player thing. Yeah, and people don't people don't that think that about me, you. right? No. Cuz I'm I'm very in- Meaning no disrespect. <laughs> no, no. I like I want to kind of apply some of these broader ideas to a smaller work a day thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you you use the example of staying late, but I know like a universal human phenomenon is just I know I should do this. I'm not doing it. How do you get over that hump? Do you have any tricks for that? Do you have any motivation for that? Any thoughts around that? You'll see by a lot of the topics I do, it's it's the why, right? It's the why are you not doing it? Is it because you'd rather watch TV? Is it because you'd rather spend time with family? Is it because uh, you don't think it's what's best for the company, right? What is What is the reason why? And if mm. you can't answer that definitively... Then do it. It's it's the the what's the YouTube clip uh, that we talk about a lot? The, the just do it, just do, just it, do yeah. it speech, right? Just do it. You don't have a reason not to. It's it's a little bit not like we think everything in this world needs to be. You know, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for the good of the country. I'm do whatever it may be. Some things you just should do because you don't have a reason not to. So did you you use that line of thinking to motivate yourself? Like, do you say? Okay, I can feel that I have resistance here, that for whatever reason, I don't want to write this report, I don't want to do this program, whatever. Do you personally kind of try and, like, is that a motivation technique for you to kind of get to the root of the resistance? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like I said, it goes goes back to that why. And if, if my why is because I'm tired today, then I can logically think out that's not a good that's enough stupid. why. Yeah. Right. If it's because I really want to go to the happy hour with my friends, maybe that's valid enough, depending on what I'm trying to do. But it's not. Sometimes it's like, no, that's silly. Like you can logic out is the why worth 
the outcome that that might come from just getting it done. Make sense? I I think it does. It sounds like a tricky one to apply to one's own life. It's hard because it is it's it's almost like three steps removed and yeah. and so much of what we do is in the moment I want a cookie not the piece of the, the carrot, right? Like And how good are you at knowing yourself and being honest with yourself that you can say no, I'm not waiting for a better job to come along. I'm not applying for this job because yeah. I'm afraid I'll get rejected or I'm not applying because sure. I, you know, something like that. What you're describing, I'm like, yes, that is a it's hard. That's a hot knife through it's butter. It's hard. But you have to be able to yeah, yeah, sharpen and, and up listen, those tools. I don't stay late every day, right? Exactly. Like we all have four There's right? there's I don't do some of the you know, paperwork that should take an hour takes me four because I'm whatever lazy about it. I don't want to do it. I don't yeah. want to do it. Right. It's those sort of things. Inverse. Well, let's, let's let's bring it back to you. You, you know, are work from home, right? So you're almost, yep. you're, you're, you're what drives you and what motivates you is probably more important than me because I have a boss, right? I have somewhat, I have things that are due. Uh, you don't necessarily have those things as much. So what, what motivates you to go look for new opportunities, to go write that extra article, to, you know, do things? I think that part of motivation has to do with just breaking things down, figuring out what's like, because a lot of times when you don't start something, it's because you're afraid you won't finish it. Interesting. If, if I can give okay. you like this as an example. So like a writing project where it's a book review. Yeah. I know I can knock out a book review because I finished the book. I pretty much have access to all yeah. the resource I want and it's done and then I can write my take on it. Whereas if I'm doing something that's a little bit more research heavy, investigative. Yeah, like you've thought about writing books, which is more yeah, well, like such a long term. So, so like the, the simulation one, yep. right? That topic is so deep and yeah. there was always more to be read and there was always more perspectives to go to and yep. there's always the fear in yourself that there's going to be some key point that you don't know yeah, about that you miss and someone calls you out on exactly so when you face something like that that can really feel like a an unkillable dragon you have to kind of say what constitutes a good enough effort in this what is the number of sources i need to consult what okay. is in scope and what is out of scope so for this podcast for example yeah. right like i i pretty much do the same things to promote the podcast every week and then i try like every week i try to find like one little new thing like yeah. here's some place i could person post yeah, it somewhere i could list it, it in this service i hadn't heard of i'll try and fix the feed little things like that yep. but i don't try and reinvent the wheel Wholesale. every time because yeah. i know i won't do anything then it's a good point know? that's interesting so yeah especially if you could do anything making the task very specific is really helpful uh you know with with physical fitness this is a big deal for me too like i had been told many times like you need to get more cardio type fitness sure. but that's not something i really have done except for on <laughs> sports teams so i don't yeah. really have a way that i where it's like oh this is what i do to do sure. that so i create a very simple workout that took me an insane amount of time <laughs> but now redoing it takes no time and right, no energy right. and no willpower because it's like it's the task is very defined makes sense so were you yeah. so the, the the part that i found really really interesting about that is the fear of not finishing because i don't think i have that so did you have like parents that like made you finish your meals like where, where does that 
fear, fear of, of not, not, not being able to finish comes So from. this is a bigger deal when you have a more amorphous job life like me, sure. where there's no boss, there are so many goals in so many different directions, some of which overlap and some of which don't. For me to be successful as a writer in this podcast yep. with my band, what whatever the thing is, that whatever the goal I'm trying to achieve, I need to create a rubric for success in a way that you don't in a traditional job. So like when I worked at Quorn, for example, what I needed to do was pretty clear. And I didn't start that many projects that I didn't come around and finish because it was kind of understood. This is what you do, yeah, this you, is what yeah, you do. It's not a choice, yeah. But because I've really fought for a lot of independence and to make my life this way and to really have this freedom, you know, that's been great for me. And it's led me down modes of inquiry that I never would have gone down and to sure. read things I never would have read. The bad side of that, the tough side of that is when you could do anything, you could do anything, <laughs> right? See, I guess for me, it's it's like, you know, I'll start a lot of like random pet projects and I don't finish most of them. And I'm, I'm okay with that because it, we've talked about failing fast in the past. We've talked about I'd, I'd rather take that initial step and fail and give up than to not start it at all. True facts. True facts. And I totally buy into that, that mode of thinking. What I would say, though, is even in a pet project, you want to have some minimally viable version that you're trying to get to right <laughs> yeah so yeah, like creating the, the the goal the mini step whatever absolutely yeah. so like when we started this this podcast we're this is the 20th one we didn't say like we must accomplish 20 yeah. we, we tried to get one down yeah see how it would go make sure you know mm -hmm. there was some minimal viable project version, there. yeah but it would have been much worse than having one would be to have you know, 75% of one, <laughs> you know, I would much sure. rather have had none at all. I want to talk a little bit about grand openings and launches. This is something that I think is pretty much universal for everyone who makes things, <laughs> but sure. also even like as a salesperson, how many new products have you had to sell in or launches have you been a part of? I would imagine yeah, many. Yeah, a ton, a ton. And and I mean, bring it down to a, a base level. You're debu debuting a new sales pitch. You're debuting a new whatever thing, right? It doesn't need to be something major. Totally. The way we launch things is really interesting. And this gets back to what we were just talking about in the last segment, because I think there's a tension between wanting to launch something perfect because yep. when you launch something you have a rare opportunity you may be newsworthy for the only time you'll be newsworthy all year you have something new that you can talk about your communications have a big opportunity you launch with impact is a, a very common marketing phrase where like if you're gonna if you're gonna do a television campaign make sure you're also doing an in-store campaign make sure you're also doing new branding make sure you're also doing new packaging and launch them all together so that they cascade upon each other yeah you could do a commercial any time of the year but you don't really have anything new to talk about especially right. if you're like coke and i know what coke is there's yeah. nothing you're going to tell me about coke that i don't know but on the other side there's this idea of fail faster get the thing out see what in, people in say tech, it's called the waterfall method i think it's the where you launch something and then you put updates out continuously throughout the year so instead of getting the bugs out and launching you put it out then get the bugs out 
I've been thinking about this a lot in part because I have this album always about to be launched. <laughs> so we're pretty close to creating the actual physical object. And for the first time in a long time, I'll have something that I could share with fans. Yeah. Right? Because there's not very much that you have if you don't have an At album. At a show, you can't sell an MP3 well, as easily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a band, what do we have that we could even show, give you on Twitter? Yeah. Right? Like, you could see pictures from the, from the show. I can send you a picture of the T-shirt we printed. You could hypothetically be one of the 20 people who has the opportunity to own one of the band T-shirts. But... <laughs> You know, I'd over, buy a, over a two year period, I still got some. You can buy it today. I think I have three left. But over a two year period, that's not enough, right? That's yeah. not very much. All of a sudden, I'm going to have 13 songs, all yep. of which could have their own release, and I could write a little paragraph yeah. about, and I could try and send to media members, or I could dump everything out at once, or I could try and like make a video to go along with things. And it's, it's funny because I'm really wrestling right now with the efficacy of all these promotion tools that you kind of only can do yeah. around the launch of your album. Uh, my, my opinion? Well, again, I mean, let's talk about the, it. My off-the-cuff opinion. I think this goes to, to work things as well. I, like I said, I'm one of the people who get it out there yeah. uh, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I cre If I were you, and I'll bring this back to work, I would create a digital album right a 13 song mp3 set that you could buy on itunes or wherever mp3s are sold and essentially like pablo or kanye did with pablo is like that changed multiple times oh, post release God. no there will be no pablo of our <laughs> album but not not in a way that he promoted obviously a ton of it. i wouldn't promote it that way and i create a fail safe on yourself like if this album does not change at all within one month we the launch date is essentially created like a, a doomsday device oh interesting see here's the funny thing about it is when you have a small project like ours like all of the pieces of creating an album kind of come ha, have come together now there's many ways to record an album right of we've course. recorded in the past there's all kinds of low quality audio recordings of the band in yeah. circulation we have a band camp yada yada but so we could have like mastered the album and then promoted the album digitally and then tried to like print the album yeah. later. It's a little cheaper to do them together and there's reasons to do it both ways. Sure. Because of the way we're doing it as a consequence of it, the physical album will exist almost exactly at the moment that the I guess that's, that's that the fair. electronic album will exist. But there's a maybe distribution a, question. Yeah, maybe it's well, not a let, final version. Well, let's talk about it. Like this is the the album will exist, but no one will be able to get it, right? Because right. <laughs> it's not in Kmart or anything until we have a release show. Exactly. It's, it only exists digitally. You have these kind of like built-in stage yeah. gates from being a small shop. I think one way to kind of approach this, I want to do everything and I know that I can't problem, <laughs> is to try and like start by thinking big, like write out all the possible things you could do. Sure. And because it's such a new process, because this is album one for me, because the other dudes in the band have had albums before, yeah. but none of them are like particularly interested right. <laughs> in calling the press all the time sure, or sure. printing posters or whatever. I'm definitely the one who's the most thinking about how do I make yeah, this album next have an impact. Yeah. I think that's the way. Like cast a wide net, think of everything you could do, 
and then try a little bit and be ready to fail and be ready to say, yes. Uh, yes. okay, I couldn't get in paste. I couldn't get in this, but I did get on, you know, college radio in Nebraska, but I didn't get, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think, I think, cause the, one of the easiest things to get would be a album release show, right? I have to Absolutely. That, 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 that is a given. That's we a will given. do that. You will do that. Once you decide that, your your almost sense of obligation and all those sort of other things will kind of kick in. In that, like, all right, well, this show's happens. The only time I'm going to be able to get press is month or around that show. You do have like a backwards calendar that starts yeah. at like if show day is probably going to be December the 10th. Yeah, it's like everything I do is between today and December the 10th. So at that point, it's just it's just catch as catch can, right? It's it's as much as like as much as you have the appetite for effort. Yeah, it's interesting though because it's like I've never put a an album on Amazon, for example, sure. right? And there's certain things that I'm gonna have to learn about and do yeah. to do that. And I've set that as a goal. I really want this amp album to be available on Amazon. But the, the physical album, yeah, or okay, both. But with all such things, it's like <laughs> how much time am I gonna spend yeah. learning this? How much yeah. is that gonna keep me from beating the bushes to get interviews? Of course. From you know what prioritize totally. and delegate. And it's just so cool stuff. to have something to promote. Yeah. You know? For sure. Like I I wrote these songs way back when. They've always been available <laughs> at shows. Trying to get people to come to shows is like something that I've done several yeah. times and I kind of like that exercise has already played out trying to figure out how to promote an album is interesting <laughs> another another kind of weird thing about it is thinking about how many albums to print like this this goes into the same yeah. kind of thinking right like if you you can make kind of a doomsday clock on yourself <laughs> in a way like when you're like well i printed a thousand of these which i'm well, not gonna uh, yeah uh, i mean know. right there's I've always been a fan of like scarcity, right? In yeah. terms of like print twenty, sell Disney twenty, model. right? My I think I talked about this. My my stepdad, like his dream is to sell a, a barbecue barbecue sauce, right? His own barbecue sauce. I was like, cool, make fifty jars, make a big batch in your kitchen. If you sell those fifty jars, make a hundred the next time. Like it's not it's not rocket mm, science here. Mm. Don't like a lot of these I work with startup food companies all the time. They're like, well, we want to get to a point where we can fill distribution. I was like. One of the best problems you can have is orders without product. Like that's that's <laughs> the best pro problem you can have. So listen, products not the priority. Orders are the priority. Walmart may be mad at you, but they'll remember you as the guy <laughs> nobody can get. Yeah, so yeah. So that's kind of cool thing to have. It's funny. Like if I printed twenty albums, I would be out of albums because there were fifteen people who participated in making <laughs> this, and I have to give them at least yeah, one yeah, copy. Yeah. I mean, like, like, but no. Kickstarter is like the best thing in the world for me and anyone who starts to want some so business. Cool. Yeah, you have a number that you uh, you have to print to. You get the money up front, essentially. It's, yes. it's it's like the best. Anyone who has a business idea, if there's a way to get in Kickstarter, I don't see the harm in not doing that. Totally. And right as of right now, I'm not going to do a Kickstarter. But I definitely, it's funny. Well, because it already kicked and it already started, you know. <laughs> but then you like, can get the money and yeah. get a pre-order number and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it's like the album is recorded. My it's going to get printed. My, well, my friend was on The Voice and did a Kickstarter uh -huh. post-voice to like launch his opening album and to do solo stuff. And yeah, and I, I bought a t-shirt that came with an album on his Kickstarter. He lives out east. I don't know if I would have. 
don't know if I would have without mm-hmm. the Kickstarter thing. Because yeah. like the album goes to you know your friends, people that see your shows. But anyone who knows you that's not in the vicinity, it's almost like your your point of your promotion and your launch thing. It's a promotion method yeah. almost more than it's a order a taking. It may right? not be launching. It may just be. This is a pre-order thing that people understand yeah. how to do a pre-order, yeah. and there's been lots of albums this way. Yeah, I I can see that. The funny thing about it though is that like it's it was founded with this ethos, and there, oh, there's sure. like a there's a tricky thing about like, do I want to say buy my album? It's an album that you will like, or do <laughs> I want to say give money to this project to make this project happen? Is kind of a different ask. I don't think it matters. Does it matter? Well, like like so many products and stuff that are on Kickstarter almost go viral. And these products are going to get made regardless of if they hit their goal or not. Totally, totally. Like famous actors kickstart their movies. It's (laughs) not like they're broke. It's a promotion method more than it's a a help me make this happen. It's absolutely an interesting strategy and a good strategy. I feel like it's one of those ones where I would be – very reluctant to half-ass it in any way. You know what I mean? Because I think you're gonna get out of it exactly what you put again, into your it. Fear of, your fear of failing. Yeah, it's real. Like it, if you, Kickstarter has like, here's a picture of us, like, you know, writing so the set music. Your, and set here, your goal yeah. at a hundred bucks. Set your goal at something super achievable. Yeah, I mean, we could absolutely do that, but then is it not adding anything, right? Because if you <laughs> if it's so low, I worry that you don't. Get I don't. I out. don't think so. Because once again, if it's a promotion technique, then the hitting the goal doesn't matter. Yeah, it should be about the promotion. But then again, it's like there are many ways to buy something online, and I want to be in all those places. So if you live in New York and I live in Chicago, I want you to be able to get it. On Amazon, maybe on of CD course. Baby, maybe uh, streaming on Spotify, you know, yeah. yada, 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 yada. And yada. you should definitely do those things. Yeah, well, I mean, all of these shoulds, <laughs> many of them will not be accomplished, yeah. right? Because like, on the list of the wide brainstorming, all those things should go on that list. Of course. And then the other thing so is, Are you afraid of doing Kickstarter because it would delay the other things? I'm not going to do Kickstarter because the band's not into it. That's oh. the main reason. Interesting. Okay. You also said... I guess most people see it as asking for money. I don't see it as asking for money. No, me neither. And what you said is true. People like Pebble Watch are not <laughs> yeah. broke. Those yeah. people aren't like, hey... Yeah, that product is coming to, if yeah. they don't hit their goal. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a very common mode. I just... For this particular album, it's not going to sync up with what we could get everybody in motion to do. I think the, pr- the promotion piece is what I want. But it can also be huge because it, there are albums that happen because of Kickstarter that yes. wouldn't happen otherwise. Yes. So products. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So it it definitely does go both ways. I wanted so I wanted to ask more about like launches and yeah. you know, specifically. So have you like having been through this? I know at Corn we went through it. But having been through this at Advantage, yep. at other places... Not a ton of jobs. A lot of things I've done in the past have been launching teams, groups of people at Advantage. So, like, we create... Oh, like internal launch. We hire 200 people to be a sales team to sell this product or to do this or to Oof. do something like that. That's, I mean, I've done this a few different times. In, that in sounds like group, something that could be where, like, fraught with failure. I have an idea for a, for a new branch of this company, and we get it kind of jumped all the hoops. And now we have to hire 200 – this is happened. This is a true story. Hire 200 sales reps nationwide to go sell 
products to uh, essentially convenience stores, independent, small chains, that sort of stuff. Things like Cliff Bar, Tax, and Nutella, and a bunch of stuff like that. They didn't have representation at the small, independent level. And we have four weeks to do it. To hire 200 people because we set a launch date and it, the launch date was sooner than we and the we had the money coming in and all that sort of stuff. When you hire 200 people in I a, bet you had some bad ones. Uh, you, you, you there's little things like we can't drug test. There's no way. They're like oh. you don't have the time and you would lose. <laughs> we're paying 10, 12 bucks an hour. You're gonna lose a big you chunk. Lose yeah. a big chunk. We literally like can't do it. So yeah, there's some bad apples we hired, right? And some bad employees and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that first three months after launch was genuinely terrible. Like <laughs> genuinely 80 hour weeks, nothing's going right. Our reporting system, our technology failed multiple times, right? Because you don't know the bugs till you do it. All of our managers didn't have any experience in this field. So we're learning distribution networks and how to take orders and how to do all this sort of stuff and how to sales training, right? Cause we have, you know, I created a, a sales training manual and I role played it with some people, but like bring not two, with 200 people, with 200 people that I don't have that I'm not in the room for, right? I'm training managers how to train their people, but I'm not at all those. I'm not doing all the walkthroughs and I've sold it, you know, sold these products in kind of role playing fashion to a bunch of convenience stores around my house I'm not right. It's not me doing it right. There's there's so many launches that are like, oh, when I, you know, talk to my mom about would she buy corn, right? That's an easier sell than it being on a grocery store shelf and just having some random person walking down the aisle, pick it up, try it, like it. Most of my horror stories are about the failures are due to assuming what happens in your life or in your circle will be similar and and you can't trying to anticipate you you can't predict what you don't know so that's all you can go by but uh, like whether it's product failures or all these sort of things is like you know i have a friend launching a a essentially it's a surfboard for the snow Uh uh-huh they haven't like named it yet and it doesn't really exist and it's this new it's awesome it's really really cool when he talks about it and i hopped on it it was like yeah i'd buy one of these in a second yeah and then i talked to my friends about it and i just don't have the language and the experience and they're like why in the hell would i buy that i was like well let, let him talk to yeah, you right? translating <laughs> the initial excitement yeah. the initial yeah. passion yeah to to a wider thing do you think that people in launches make a mistake of just being optimistic yeah oh well there's i mean right with the old gm story about People are like, why aren't GMs selling? And it's because they were breaking down within the first two years. And GM had a, a fix-it place in their office, right? Uh-huh. So all the A, all the VPs and all the managers got new cars leased in under two years. And if there was ever a problem, they'd bring it in for work and they'd get their headlight fixed or whatever it may be. So no one in the company at any sort of high level mm. had any knowledge of the fact that their cars break down faster than other That's crazy. cars. Right, so your because they can't put themselves in the customer's shoes. Your bubble is so different than the people you're selling to, and this happens. Right, most people, most VPs at food companies are multimillionaires and whatever, whatever it may be. They don't live. They're getting further and they further. They don't live the life of the average Coca-Cola drinker, right? And, and it, there's, it, it's really hard to get them to a point where they understand 
common Coca-Cola purchases, purchasers' motivations and reasons and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think a lot of product problems of business and especially product launches is you're limited. I mean, obviously do as much market research and testing as you can, but some of us can't do that, right, if you're launching a small product. But in real life, I think it's easy to say, hey, stop, think about who's in this room and what our biases <laughs> are likely to be. Yeah. And you can do at least an 80-20, you know, a quick thought about what are things we may be blind to. Now, you're not going to anticipate everything, but I, I think one way this might apply for artists is, you know, musicians, is they think hard about, like, to a musician, how you get the music matters, Yep. right? Because if you buy it this way, I get this much money. If you buy it this way, I get that much money. If you stream it, I get that much money. It's easy from a musician side to say, okay, these are the chains that are best to me. I'm not doing I'll just honest. put it out yeah. to those and people will find it. But That's it's harder to be on the customer side sure. saying, oh, this this isn't, I can't find the song on YouTube. It's the, then I'm not going to listen to it. It's the same for products, right? You will make more money selling it to right your local grocery store than you will to Walmart. Yeah. Right. But want your product in Walmart. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, I, iTunes. Because... I'm sure iTunes is the same way. I doubt, I doubt you make a quarter of what you make selling direct, but want to be on iTunes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, obviously selling direct is the best, but it's also the worst, right? Yeah. Like, how are you going to sell direct? Like, do you, are you set up to take credit cards? Are you going to set that up at every one of your little tiny shows everywhere? Or are you going to bring the, reason the product? The you make less money is they've change? created a distribution gonna... network, whether it's exactly. iTunes or Walmart, um, that succeeds. I mean, I, I, we talked about this before with my stepdad's barbecue sauce, right? We all have biases to your point earlier. Like he's like, yeah, all my friends love my barbecue sauce. I was like, cool would they buy it and not only would they buy it with someone who doesn't know you buy it and that's the most important question and barbecue sauce is one of those simple things like there's a million of them and they're all kind of the same and what the hell makes yours different whether that's marketing or whether that's the taste or whatever it may be um and you can do more you know whether it's your album and standing out on a street corner playing it on the radio on, <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a boom box on your shoulder nice. uh, and seeing if people buy it or if it's barbecue sauce and be like, Hey, set up a table at a flea market and just see if you can sell it right there. Just, there's ways to totally. Ways I always to think of like these dudes who are downtown and they have a stack of their CD yep. and they're like, man, you like hip hop. And it's yeah. First and foremost, if I was looking for an album, I <laughs> certainly was not looking for this specific album that you just happen to have in your hand that I want to buy because it's in your hand. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so funny to me, but it's like, yeah, that's the method. That's the most artist-friendly way, right? As I'm someone, the only competition as I As someone have. who pretty much my entire adult life has only had MP3s, right? I've, I've bought maybe three CDs in my life uh, yeah. since, since like post-high school. It was funny because people get in my car and be like, oh, you know, what CDs do you have? And I'd be like, well, it's, it's my phone. Like, I can plug my phone in. And they'd, like, look through my, like, whatever center console. There was two CDs. I don't even remember what the other one was, but one was the Big Team Mixtape. Nice. From East Lansing, Michigan, which I bought at, like, a taco joint at 4 in the morning when someone came up with, like, you like hip-hop? I was like... I mean, yeah, I it guess works. it's a proven uh, distribution. Method. And he's like, he brought, he busted out a Zune. I remember a Zune, uh, Microsoft's uh, MP3 player, and put it on me, and I listened to it. And three in the morning, everything sounds good. So I was Four like, or sounds terrible. I was like, here, five bucks. Here you go. Bought big team mixtape. That was like the the one of two CDs in my car for most of my college life. All right, quick hit today. 
what athletes or what sport generates the best and worst employees for whatever organization, sales, marketing, manufacturing, whatever it may be? For sales, because that's what I'm I'm most useful for. I'm gonna say posing the question and answering it. I I'm love gonna it. say yeah. I'm gonna go right, right quick hit, man. I'm gonna go quick. My given the same resume, and at the little bottom, they like you know well, I played club level whatever in college. I think I would want that to say soccer because it it it's a little bit. I told you my biases for kind of counterculture and not mainstream popularity sports, but also it's very team oriented and not success driven, right? Most players don't score goals. Most players, it's a very communal thing, right? So there's a team player. You don't need to score goals to see the success of the company. What's your? If you ever rebuttal trying, for that, yeah, I'm trying to. What's your? What sport for that. you? generates well you can start with what, what's your i love that what sport generates the best employees to me this whole podcast is like tj super collectivist like i think you're gonna go you know start a farm in stalinist russia like everything that. for the group i genuinely would i want to have like what's the john stewart has that free range farm for like old animals i don't know That's but awesome. expect a link to that in today's show yeah. notes first of all this is a ridiculous idea i love it like that you would be... you've never had this conversation at work i've had this conversation with you because you told me <laughs> you wanted to do this topic but no i have never had this conversation <laughs> i think it's, it's a lot of like I've, I've had like you know do male or females make the best all employees? right defensive let me get to your soccer thing answer my so answer. you said you say you think soccer is the best it's funny that you pick soccer as counterculture because it's got to be in the top five highest participation sure, but it's not, in the country. Like, if you're a good athlete, I don't. Are you playing soccer because you didn't make the football team? Like, is that what's the reason you you chose soccer for a reason? Can't look into the hearts of young soccer players. But that's my point, though. I think is like, yeah, what are these people? You chose like? soccer over football, basketball at like age ten or whatever it may have been. This is my take on your take. This is the meta take. That you have created a seductive fiction. While I would say that I think That's it's silly. All, every fiction is seductive. Excuse me. While it is the quick hit. While it is silly, the logic. I like the idea that because soccer has so few scores, has so few moments of glory, that you have to be pulling for the whole team. I like that idea. I think you could find that yet more in more grinding, horrible sports like distance anything sure. <laughs> but i i see where you're going but i will i will i return I, you can return fire on yeah. this but i will return to my initial statement which i stand by which is this whole idea is ridiculous listen 90 percent of our conversations are ridiculous <laughs> beyond beyond the point what's your what's your top what's your top sport what's your oh at, now employees I have to come, come from the best sport i have to come back I said distance to me. So I have to be biased to swimming forever because I know how horrible it is. Can we just talk about divorcing yourself from your biases? Yeah. Hit I, quickly. I, I played soccer. So I, can I <laughs> say a word? <laughs> I know swimming directly. I would say that many swimmers I knew were dopes and I would not want to hire, but many were not. And the ones whom I would like, I was impressed by their capacity to do the thing like work to yeah. do something not fun yeah. for long periods of time for goals that were far off if not if not you know if yeah. they existed at all i always had a certain respect for for the distance guys i will tell one one brief anecdote 
on the gruelingness of swimming. I was sitting with my friend Robin, who is an intense type, and we're, we're at dinner at the dining hall of our college, and people, just normal college students, are eating dinner in a friendly, nice environment. And I can tell Robin has something on his mind. He's got these, like, weighty eyes, kind of squinting. And I say, what's up? He's like, do you ever think about people who don't swim? <laughs> and I said, I mean... I talk to them every I, now and again. I, I get, yeah, I guess I do think about them. And he's like, do you ever think they're so lazy? <laughs> These people are so lazy. We did so much today. And, like, in Robin's defense, one of the least lazy men I've ever encountered. But that degree of you just put in work all the time and you never get to score yeah. a goal much less score many baskets as right. you might in basketball there there's something to that it might make you a weirdo yeah i like any any distance right it depends on what you're hiring for right if you're looking for dedication and those sort of skills like yeah distance running swimming those sort of individual where you have to be self-motivated you know if someone's working for, if i'm gonna hire someone working from home i'm looking for some sort of demonstration of like Hey, they have the capacity to push themselves, right? To mm. be self-motivated, all that sort of stuff. So I guess we'll come, we'll come back to you and I'll save mine for the end. What's your worst? If, if you see this, what makes you kind of go, mm, I, don't, I don't know what this How guy. How long is this quick hit going to be? <laughs> this, is, this is part two of the quick hit. Worst. Part two. Worst. worst. I don't Short know. Short anecdotes. <laughs> I don't know. What's the worst? I will say it has to be a sport, right? It's not like any extracurricular. Activity? I don't know. Answer the question. Uh, I'm going to say... Underwater crocheting. You know, I'm just going to go one step further beyond distance swimming to something that seems like even worse and even more. And maybe this is just on the women's side, but gymnastics. If you do gymnastics, you have to be in some kind of crazy cult. Like, you want to talk about being in a strange little world. If you like want to be at, at, everyone a, at a high you, level. Obviously, people, gymnasts yes, in high school and absolutely. stuff are not. We all, did, <laughs> we, all, we all did our somersaults and stuff. But if you tell me you're an elite level gymnast, I'm going to have some of the same, like, <laughs> awe and respect that I would towards yeah. a distant swimmer. But part of me is going to be like, what did they make you do <laughs> so that you stayed being 90 pounds <laughs> in this thing where you can never win – and there's no money in it. The peer yeah. group that can even respect you is so tiny. Like, there's no one who cares about swimming. And yeah. there are yet less people who <laughs> care about gymnastics. That's fair. Yeah, uh, that's it. I don't. I don't know if a gymnast because, like I said, ninety-nine percent of people who it's never going to come up. Gymnasts. If you're a gymnast and you're listening to this, who are you? There's no gymnasts. <laughs> I mean, I had friends who were high school gymnasts, right? Yeah. And they practiced two hours a day during the season, and that's and fine. then they were done. <laughs> yeah, they were done. hopefully that's normal. Hopefully they did. But yeah, like if you were a collegiate gymnast, there's there's a little bit of like mm, I don't know. probably a hard that's world. We, we've hard talked about this before. Uh, a lot of well i'll give mine for me it's lacrosse and lacrosse is such a similar sport to soccer right most players don't score it's a very team oriented you anticipate my complaint there's a cultural element of lacrosse i don't know actually i don't know there's that's the same as soccer it's the same as soccer it's very very similar there is a cultural piece of lacrosse where my biases are my biases and most people i've met who play lacrosse and the lacrosse bro culture is so like grating to me as someone who's wearing a like reversible tank top right now. Like, 
I get it. I understand the bro culture. I'm so glad I just found out this tank top is reversible. <laughs> I'm so glad that, it, you know, the 90th minute. If you're still listening to this podcast now, God bless you. Just shout out to you. You did it. But yeah, it's the lacrosse bro culture grates on me in, in a bunch of different ways. The other one that I, we've talked about in the past and just like uh, how do people do this sport is any of the, the danger sports, right? The skydiving, oh, yeah. the rock climbing, the dirt biking, anything that actually puts your life at risk. Racing with a motor. I'm, I'm going I'm to question your decision making skills. <laughs> yeah. I, and I want to go back to my initial point, which is that this whole the premise for this conversation is ridiculous. And very um, important. And in no way would I follow any of this. So if I said anything to offend you in this, the final, most spurious of all sections of I would the Word Friends podcast, again. please take it with a grain of salt that this is TJ's topic. And I told him when we started that it was full of crap. I welcome all of your hatred. Thanks very much. <laughs>